This is Alex Del Sordo with the Rower's Choice Podcast, and I have a special one today. I have Dan Reardon, um, and I know you've probably heard that name a bunch of times here, but Dan Reardon is the godfather to my child. He is the original founder of Finish Line Shell Repair back in 2012 and 2013. Took some time off and now is running operations here at Finish Line uh, day to day. Him and I go back to 2000 when we started rowing together. Had some successful years uh, at Mainland. Continued on that relationship to now being full-time here again um, in Baltimore, Maryland. So uh, you're going to learn a little bit about him, his background of rowing, and we're going to talk about the future of uh, Finish Line. And if you hear some background noises, it's because the guys in the shop are getting some work done so that you guys have your your boats back on the water. So Dan... uh, you know, this is pretty easy. I mean, you're yeah. just talking to me. Yeah. And talk- I believe we started our relationship in band class, not rowing. That's but, right. Yeah. Back in 2000. So uh, I got to remember, like, I was a saxophone player and, 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 and uh, trumpet? No, I was saxophone as well, but tenor sax. Just tenor sax. <laughs> a little bit bigger one, you know. I was the alto. We had Luke, Kyle, you, me. No, I, that, that's really good memory. So, um, I mean, dude, I mean, we started Finish Line in 2012. And do you remember those four months leading up to the start time? Oh, scary. Crazy. Can you can you just, like, I have a memory of it. Can you kind of tell the people here what that was like? Because I remember specifically talking to you about it in October of 2012. Friendsgiving. Yes. You dropped the bomb of the, the idea. You had floated it around, like, real briefly right before that. But then you told me the real game plan, Friendsgiving that year. And it was clear there was no way talking you out of it, which wasn't needed because we were both coaching and saw how great of an idea it was. Where, it was where were you coaching at the time? I was coaching at, I believe, Bryn Mawr High School in Baltimore at yeah, that time. Yeah, right. Who, who, who supplied us our first trailer? Sure. And first two used boats that we That's right. So, so October of 2012, what was going through your head when, when I said – I want to open up a repair facility in West Baltimore. I said, this is a great idea. Let's plan it out. And then a week later, you had already done everything. So it was happening. <laughs> and, and in that, in those then three months, I mean, do you remember some of the things that you were doing to get organized? I mean, can you think back to how we got Finish Line started? Because I know that I relied on you for a lot of Well, so I was people. going there, right. Setting up the invoicing um, and just the accounting in general, which is all Excel workbooks at that time. That's where I lived um, in my regular day job as well as finish line. And then the first, the early days was every day before work and after work, setting up the shop and the guys in there to do because I was the one who lived closest. I was only 10 minutes away. From, I lived in downtown Baltimore, and you yeah. were—I think you were outside of DC at that. Yeah, point. I mean, I, I was—I was over an hour away, yeah. and so, yeah, so we got our first batch of boats um, January twenty fourth, two thousand thirteen. I remember it like it was yesterday. Was that before or after we had the shop? Because it was—it was. It was <laughs> you had the orders already before we yeah, had a shop. Yeah, yeah, we had the thirteen boats. So it was smack dab in the middle of the winter season, and we had promised. 13 boats to get fixed. Yes. And we had no 
flipping clue how we were going to do that, right? Nope. Now, fast forward, I think it was the end of 2013, 2014. It was like summertime, actually, and Dan Schenk came up and said, I want, I want to do this. Do you right, remember I want that? To be a part of this. Yeah, it was at it was at uh, was it Grace's birthday party? I think it was Grace's birthday it was party. Grace's birthday yeah. party. Yeah. So and then that's when he came up to us and said, "I really want to do this." And it's funny how I reflect on it a lot. How fast that moved. Do you remember that when he said, "I want to do it," which was in actually September, and then it was November. We were drawing out the paperwork. Right. Right. And at that point, that was when we had to make a decision from a business standpoint who was going to go full time. Right. The, the whole reason we were entertaining anything was because it was growing so fast and we both had good day jobs that we also loved and didn't want to give up right away. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I know that I know looking back, that was probably hard for you to oh, walk away. Yeah. But it was right? but it was the only it was the only logical step to keep it growing and moving forward. Because I just, I wasn't prepared at that time. Also, I had a kid coming, right? Dating. Jen was, yeah. what, six months pregnant when... At we, that point, yeah. When we sold it, so... Yeah, wow. So, you were always in the shadows. Because I remember we still had, like, the credit card in your name. We yeah. still had... There was a lot of things still in your name. Yeah, sure. Unbeknownst to us. Uh, for, like, two years, yeah. right? And then I think it was... Um, Oh, it was it was the end of last year, right? That we I started telling you more about like what was happening. There was probably on. nine months where, like nine months to a year where, I was completely gone, and you guys had, you know, taken it all over, and that probably made it even, me want it back even more. Once you started talking to me again, yeah, because I had actually completely lost contact. Yeah, there was a full year. I mean, after Danny was born, there was a big yeah. gap, right, in in how much we talked and, and spent time together. So, all right. So now, now this is kind of cool, right? So you were there. You were you were an original founder, gone for a while, came back. You went from a a five thousand square foot little facility in West Baltimore to now this building here. Um, what personally have you seen changed from? the last day you left to today? Like, what are noticeable differences of finish line that you can see clear, clear as day? It's definitely more organized and just the volume is crazy. And the different things that you do too, it's evolved from just simply repairs and the occasional refurb to even more high quality can come out of this place. Yeah, yeah, well, we didn't know what we were doing. When True. we started, I mean, True. do you remember the bow, crooked bow that? Yeah, but we we rotated it, we rotated through painters and repair guys to the point where even when I left, I thought we were you know had a good idea of how to do things at that point. Do you, do you remember when we painted a boat for Walter Johnson and it didn't have the hardener in, mm. and we were able to wipe it off mm -hmm. with a rag? Yes. Do you remember that? I do remember that. It was the black one. They wanted it looking <laughs> like Batman black. <laughs> yeah. So there's a there's a really cool touch here, and I love it that. You remember some colors. You remember customers specifically. Oh yeah, because that's how intimate this is, right? It's a, sure. I mean, it's 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 an everyday, all day lifestyle business, right? So, look, you know, you 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 again, you were you were away for a while. Now, as you know, the president of Finish Line, the leader of Finish Line, what can you tell listeners that? you're going to be now focused on for the future. Like what are the what are the areas that you want finish line to improve on? 
focus on and do leading into 2020? Uh, really want to focus on like expectations with the customer and making sure we do our job to tell you exactly the kind of services we can handle and do. I mean, we can do anything with a boat, but we need to be precise in exactly what we can offer you because mm-hmm. we have a lot to offer because we have guys that can do anything here. Yeah, that's a big change. So, so is there anything else? I mean, you, you setting expectations has always been a struggle for us. I think mainly, like I'll be very candid. I, I will tell a customer that we'll do anything without really notifying you, right? And I sometimes struggle with having a conversation with someone that I've known for ten or fifteen years and over promising. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. an issue that we have. I think personally that I have from a, the position where I stand right now. Is there anything else that you want to focus on inside the shop walls uh, for 2020 that people can can sort of relate to or understand? Well, sure. I always wanted to get more automated and organized mm-hmm. than it is. It's still very paper heavy, um, making sure I'm out there every single morning telling each guy in each department exactly what they should be working on that day and this week. Like we have our big goals for the week, which boats are going to get done. Yeah. But I'd like to be able to have a you know, a TV monitor in here that's tracking all of that at all times. I mean, what a difference from six years ago when right. we said we didn't even have departments. It was just right. one room. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it was just one room, right? Mm-hmm. And we shared space and it was loud and dirty. It's still kind of dirty here, obviously. It's definitely still dirty. Yeah. Well, I mean, yes, We're working on that too. Yes. Yeah. That's a goal I mean, as well. I mean, you know, we don't want to paint a perfect picture. I mean, it, it is kind of grungy here and we kind of like it's that. It's a repair shop. It has to be. Yeah, it is. It's a repair shop. Um, so, do you have any kind of inkling to get back in the boat? I mean, let, look, let's... Oh, I've already told BRC that I wanted to join. They got real <laughs> excited when they picked up two boats, and I'm like, I really need to figure out how to, like, join your guys' club and find some time. You know... Is that what you mean by, like, get back Yeah, I mean, yeah, let, let's face it. Like, you yeah, were really, really good at rowing. Long. Like, you, yeah. you were good, right? And, 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 you know, there's... I have a million stories back at Mainland of, of your skill set, and I still remember that 10K... That you did at a twenty-eight, and you know, you're like five foot ten, five foot nine. Like you're yeah. clearly not the size of a normal I'm rower. A bow man. You're yeah, a bowman. You were a bowman, <laughs> but you, you did a twenty-eight stroke rate, and then Chris Kanicki called us a bunch of really terrible names and said, "You need to you need to do what Dan did, and if you go below a twenty-eight, you're you're restarting." Do you remember that? Yeah, we hated you for I that. I loved it. But, uh, yeah, you guys but, hated me a lot for that. Well, we hated you, <laughs> and then you were like. God, you were stroke seat one time for like five really months. Really didn't like me being stroke. That was terrible. Yeah, nobody liked that. And I think Joe DeLeo was seven right behind you. That's probably why he still doesn't like me a little bit. <laughs> I mean, maybe a little bit. Maybe a little bit. So now that you're back in it and you're back around these boats, um, you know, I, I know you already answered it, but but if I dive in, I'm like, do you want to get back into a boat and row again and compete? Or do you just want to be around the sport more? I just want to, well, no, of course I'm going to want to compete. I can't. I don't know. That's in our blood. That's why we did yeah. growing to begin with. Is where that's true. I mean, that's why I have I have a boat back there ready for me to actually repair and paint myself to be my starter one. And so, what what boat is that? That is a. Is it an Alden? It's a real. It's a real old. It might be an Alden. It's one of those larger ones because I am a little bit larger. <laughs> but <laughs> it's one of those good starter ones to get me back because actually I've never rode a single so. I mean, we did it in high school and college, and I was in fours. And I think that yeah, you really never never scald before. You know, that's you know, I wish that you were more a little bit more involved in in, in the sport because this is a big topic that we'll be talking about with coaches. 
you know, we were rowing from 2000 to 2004 and then to 2008, right? Right. And in that time, you literally never rowed a wing rigged or wing rigged boat. Never. I've never been in a, right. Nope. You never sculled before. Never. But now you look at training today and these athletes are universal rowers. I mean, they can row both sides. Yeah. Port starboard. Right, I'm starboard sweep. only. You we, never rowed starboard port. rigged the boat for me to stroke it. Exactly right. <laughs> like what a... You know, these are topics that we'll be talking about with coaches in the future is like the difference in training plans. So I think that if, if you were thrown into rowing today, I think you'd be a fish out of water. I mean, I think that you would see like how much different the rowing strokes become, training, um, just in the last 12 or 15 years. Sure. And, and now I'm putting you on the spot. I mean, I think you need to be racing at the Charles this year hmm. in some kind of Somebody's mainland alumni or... Get a Loyola alumni, yeah. alumni, or possibly even a Rower's Choice boat. Rower's Choice boat. I mean, we need yeah, a bow man. Yeah. I can still be the best bow man out there. I, even I, with I all these changes, I'm still <laughs> strong and competitive. Come on. <laughs> I, I, look, you heard it here. Uh, I think he laid down the gauntlet. He is the best bow man uh, <laughs> possible. We were second best in the country. Yeah, bow man. Done. Yeah, SRA championships, man. I mean, yeah. like, we came, came from behind. That was, that was a really great race. Um, so, last, last question because um, I know you got to get back out there uh, with these guys. Um, where where do you see finish line going beyond beyond what you're trying to accomplish today? I mean, like now that you've seen the competition, you've seen what we're capable of doing, is there anything that you see happening 2020 outside of these walls? I mean, where do you see this company going in the future? Well, this company needs to more easily reach other regions of the country where they need the same support we're providing here. It needs to expand to different regions besides yeah. our transportation that we have going well, but it could be done more efficiently as well. So like servicing, you see us servicing an area of the country without driving to it. Like, that, like having a facility. Yes. yes, a shop somewhere else too. Or With education. I mean, or something. That means educating those people, right? Teaching people how to do the repair sure. work. You know, if, if you had to put a if you had to put a pin somewhere, where do you think having? I mean, I'm I'm looking at your screen here of all these repairs. I mean, we have dozens, if not hundreds, of repairs to work on. What area of the country do you see needs the most help right now? Business wise, it would have to probably be West Coast or Chicago is a hotbed. We have a ton of boats from the Chicago Midwest region. Yeah. Um, but there, the West Coast would be huge. And Florida, we go to Florida every every three weeks now, too. I think we're going boats. probably the next couple days, to be right. honest with you. Right? Yeah, so, I mean... The, Florida and Chicago. It's like, yes. those are the two areas. Awesome. So the country's our oyster. <laughs> the country is our oyster. There it is. Um, well, this is another episode of the Rower's Choice Podcast, and we got to learn a little bit more about Dan Reardon, the, the guy that runs the facility here at finish line and as I as I mentioned in the beginning someone that I have absolute trust in and has been in my life uh, now going on 20 years so next uh, couple episodes are going to be talking to some of the coaches in the DC uh, DC region and then we'll also be spending some time learning a little bit more about the people who are actually working on the boats day to day uh, at finish line and at resident thanks for listening